I'm Matthew Moore, and this is Down Ballot, a podcast about politics and government on the local level. Today, we'll discuss another ballot measure for Arkansas. Issue 1, Transportation Sales Tax Continuation Amendment. Plus, what exactly are you allowed or not allowed to do when you go to vote in person? Stick around. In episode one, we laid the groundwork to understand what a ballot measure is. It's a law, issue, or question that appears on a ballot for voters to decide on. Last week, we talked about issue three, the ballot measure about future ballot measures. Today, we'll tackle issue one, the Transportation Sales Tax Continuation Amendment. Just rolls off the tongue. But before we can get into issue one, we have to talk about a different issue one. An issue one that was voted on in 2012. Here's Josh Silverstein, a lawyer and law professor from Little Rock. At present, there's a half cent sales tax that Arkansans pay on virtually all goods that they purchase. This sales tax does exclude food and food ingredients, though. That half-cent sales tax is in the Arkansas Constitution. It was voted on by the people of this state back in 2012. It is set to expire in the middle of 2023, on June 30th of 2023. And that half-cent sales tax has been allocated to the Arkansas Department of Transportation and some local communities, basically counties and municipalities, in different percentages to pay for roads. So to better understand what the 2020 ballot measure is, let's look at the nuts and bolts of the first one. The 2012 ballot measure was a temporary tax which was to be levied until the general bonds in the amount of $1.3 billion for state and local road maintenance was repaid, which will be on June 30th, 2023. The two main things to note here are this. One, this was voted on and approved as a temporary tax increase. Second, this sales tax was essentially a way to repay bonds that were taken out to pay for these infrastructure improvements. So just to clarify, this half of a percent sales tax that we already have, what this ballot measure is putting forth is that this will be the same half cent sales tax that we currently have, but it will just make it permanent. Is that right? Yes and no. This is Shannon Newton, the president of the Arkansas Trucking Association. Her organization is one of the leading voices in favor of Issue 1. Yes, the the sales tax rate is currently 6.5%, and it will be until June 30th of 2023. If Issue 1 it passed, the sales tax rate will still be 6.5% effective July 1st, 2023. The half cent does have a little bit more, in my opinion, it, it is better going forward in that we've uh, eliminated the bonding authority and the bonding debt associated with it. So the half cent going forward actually will not have, you know, the 30% admin fees or associated with, you know, bonding the debt and, and trying to pull that money forward. It is a true pay-as-you-go system 
that is designed to meet the long-term needs. To recap, the 2020 measure, Issue 1, would be a half-cent sales tax, and if this measure passes, the tax rate we are currently at, 6.5%, would stay at that rate on July 1st, 2023, in perpetuity, which means forever. If it doesn't pass, we would be down to just a 6% sales tax. So, why did the 2012 measure pass by a pretty wide margin? Do you think that that was because Arkansans knew that it was going to be temporary? Or do you think it was because Arkansans wanted better transportation management and infrastructure money? I think it was both. Consider the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, the leading newspaper and media organization in this state. The Democrat Gazette just published their own lead editorial articulating their position on the three ballot measures. And they argued against all three of them. And their primary reason for voting against issue one is that it is, would make the tax permanent. It would be a permanent tax increase and that it's going in the Constitution. I think when the people of this state voted in 2012, and I know I certainly did, I was okay with increasing this tax temporarily given the needs at the time, and things have changed since then. And so I now have real concerns about the tax as a way of supporting road construction, and I'm also very concerned about making it permanent in the Constitution. Let's look at the positives. Shannon lays out some compelling reasons why voters should consider voting in favor of this ballot measure. From a big picture perspective, I mean, we're talking about, you know, fixing potholes, reducing congestion, and ensuring safe roads. And it doesn't matter whether we're talking about roads for big trucks who are, you know, delivering the economy, making sure that consumers have the goods that they need, whether we're talking about, you know, food or medicine, the things that we like to have shipped to our front door, you know, all of those rely on infrastructure. So from a heavy truck perspective or from a you know commercial perspective, we're relying on those roads to connect people to the goods that they want to receive or consume. From a, you know, just everyday Arkansan, you're talking about how do I, you know, how do I get to work? How do I get home from work? How are the potholes, you know, am I having to go out of route because um, there are certain, you know, pieces of the road that are that are not safe for me to drive on. Uh, certainly in rural Arkansas, you have roads that need to be widened, shoulders that need to be built out, and that benefits commercial truck. That benefits, you know, you and I, and we drive on it. Certainly has benefits for, for school buses or for local farm-to-market traffic. So there are, there are benefits for just about every type uh, of Arkansan and for every part of the state. Most of the time, when we think about road construction projects and those big orange cones, we think about interstates. But Shannon points out there are some pretty important projects that this tax can help with in rural Arkansas as well. Arkansas has thousands of weight-restricted bridges that are currently not graded at weights for a fully loaded school bus. So you look at just the safety of, of uh, safety of the bus, and then if not, if, if they are, if they're being unsafe and going over those bridges, which are not, you know, rated for the full weight, then, then that's obviously a safety issue. Or if they're going out of route and, and you know, taking more time with the kids on the buses and avoiding those uh, more efficient routes, then that's also uh, negatively impacting students. Josh recently wrote a guest opinion article in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. 
laying out several oppositions to issue one. One of the things that you point out in this is the diversity of the groups who are opposed to this measure. Can you talk a little bit about why that is the second paragraph in this opinion piece? There's an expression that politics often makes strange bedfellows. And the essence of the expression is political issues can bring together surprising allegiances from groups that fall in all sorts of different places on the political spectrum. And this is one of those cases. Some of those strange bedfellows include the Northeast Arkansas Tea Party, Central Arkansas Sierra Club, Americans for Prosperity, and Audubon, Arkansas. Perhaps we can pin down why a Tea Party group would be opposed to issue one, raising taxes, duh. But is Sierra Club? Audubon? Turns out environmental groups are opposed to more money being spent on the roadways. There's a great concern with global warming in the environment. And one of the reasons why there are a lot of liberal organizations and, and moderate centrist organizations opposing issue one is on environmental grounds. We have a serious environmental issue here in global warming, and we've got problems with pollution generally. And one of the concerns that many environmental organizations have about issue one is it's providing more money for RDOT, for all RDOT is concerned is about roads. And I know that many people in Gen Y and Gen Z are particularly concerned about the environment. And so one of the arguments against issue one is we don't just need to make RDOT more accountable to the people. We need to adopt policies that will enable RDOT or compel RDOT to change so that it takes a view of transportation that is more diverse and takes into account the environmental concerns that are raised by roads, trucks, and automobiles. Environmental organizations make the argument that the Arkansas Department of Transportation ought to have a multimodal model which is both an impressive tongue twister, (laughs) as well as a fancy way to say there should be a plan for promoting and moving forward with modes of transportation that do not solely include roadway travel. The state of Arkansas has one of the highest sales tax rates as far as statewide goes in the nation. Uh, Is that a concern to you when we consider this sort of thing? I mean, I think you have to look at tax policy from a a holistic perspective. I mean, the Arkansas legislature has made substantial gains in cutting a variety of taxes over the last several sessions. Um, I think they've cut the income tax bracket um, across every single spectrum. We've eliminated grocery tax. So there are you know, certainly aspects of tax policy in which Arkansas has been very aggressive and is trying to reduce the burden on our Kansans. But ultimately, if you look at the the need for infrastructure, you know, if you talk about infrastructure, healthcare, safety, education, I mean, there are some essential functions that citizens rely on their government to provide, and it's the most efficient and effective way to doing it is, you know, uh, spreading that burden across across all of the of all, all of the citizens. And Arkansas is a, a rural state that's not heavily populated, and so at some point, you know, there's just a, a minimum. Um, amount that the state has to bring in in order to provide those services. While Josh is opposed to this sales tax amendment, he offers an alternative solution. If we pass this half-cent sales tax, everybody's taxes go up a half-cent across the board. 
Whereas if we pay for roads through more targeted taxes, then some people's prices will go up and others will go down or will stay the same. Josh's idea? An increase in use taxes instead. Taxes that are similar to sales taxes, but that are more directly related to the service or product that we're trying to get money for. Buying some handmade socks from a local business shouldn't incur the same kind of tax that buying a pair of wool socks from Amazon does. The amount of trucking that happens from you pushing a few buttons on your phone and getting those socks is much greater than shopping at your downtown boutique. The increase might be a little bit more than a half cent for some, and that's how it should be. The targeted tax will lead to price increases for those who are most benefited by the roads that the tax is going towards. And whether that's people directly benefited, like the trucking industry and those who ship, or people who are indirectly benefited, like those of us who are paying for products shipped across those roads. But when we have taxes that are targeted, that leads people to modify their behavior in response to higher prices and try to be more efficient with how they produce and consume. Shannon makes her final pitch as to why she believes it's important for Arkansans to vote in favor of issue one. I don't want to presume that a half-cent sales tax is not important or is not valuable to to any Arkansans. Certainly, it's an investment regardless of where you are or how much you you know consume or spend in sales tax. So I don't want to take that lightly or dismiss it as though it is not a substantial investment. We do think that it's a it is an amount that. Arkansas are currently paying, and they're currently receiving the benefits of that. And so we believe that it is a wise investment to continue to pay that half-cent sales tax so that we continue to have the infrastructure that connects us, as we mentioned, whether it's you know commerce, school, recreation, all of those things are important regardless of, of where you are in Arkansas. All right, let's get back to issue one here. What does a yes vote mean And what does a no vote mean? A yes vote means that you are in support of continuing the half-cent sales tax, meaning that the current tax rate will stay where it is even after June 2023. A no vote means that you oppose continuing the half-cent sales tax. That means on July 1st, 2023, the sales tax will drop. Shannon Newton is the president of the Arkansas Trucking Association. Josh Silverstein is a lawyer and law professor from Little Rock. We'll be right back. Let's say you have a really important test on, I don't know, November 3rd. There's a take-home option, sure, but you prefer to take the test in person. You're not sure about all the rules around how this test will work. Is it open book? Can I check something on my phone during the test? Can I celebrate finishing the test with a selfie? Okay, I'm sure by now you figured out my metaphor. So, what is the etiquette around voting in person, and what are you allowed to do when you go cast your ballot? Here's a little Q&A with Jennifer Price, 
the Washington County Elections Commissioner. Are people allowed to bring in a note or a piece of paper to remind them about how they want to vote when they go into the polls? Absolutely, they can. We just ask, so for instance, if you were to bring in a marked ballot or if you were to bring in some type of literature or something like that, that you not make it obvious to the other voters who are waiting in line because then that could be seen as electioneering. So as long as you keep that information to yourself and you keep it to where it's only viewable by you, then 100% we would encourage you to do that. What about taking pictures or taking selfies at the polls? What are the rules around that? So we allow that. So we know people are excited, especially when you've got a first-time voter, you know, or you're wanting to show, like, hey, I voted for this candidate, and you're excited about who you're voting for. We definitely allow that. We just ask you not take pictures of anyone else who is voting. We also ask that if you are doing that, that you're not taking extra time at the voting booth because then that slows down someone else's process. So we want you to be quick about it. We're happy to let you do that, but we just don't want you to be there for any longer than is necessary to vote and then maybe take your one picture and then, you know, exit out the polling location. So does that include, can you like take a photograph of the ballot screen? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And we know a lot of people have done that and then they post it on Facebook It was a question we had to answer back in 2016. Justin Timberlake famously went and voted, I think it was either in Kentucky or Tennessee, and it was a a major violation of election law to take a picture. And so that was one thing that the commission discussed. You know, technology changes a lot compared to old election laws. And so the election commission felt like, you know, this is kind of, this is the future, this is what people are doing, and, you know, and we anticipate that. So that's The rules we have in place basically are don't take pictures of anyone else, make it quick, don't hold up the line because you're doing it. And so, so yes, so the Election Commission has allowed that since this question was raised back in 2016. What word of advice or encouragement do you have for voters this season? I always urge voters to go to voterview.org, especially this year with with lines and social distancing and any concerns people have about COVID-19, we want voters to be able to get in and out of the polling place quickly. So we want the process to go smoothly and so we don't want any unexpected issues. So if a voter goes to voterview.org, they can find their name, they can find a sample ballot to review before the election. They can also verify that their address is correct. You know, a lot of voters have to spend extra time in the polling location because their address is incorrect. And so we have to update that because we want you to receive the correct ballot based on where you live. And so if voters would just take that simple step before they go to the polls, If they find that there's any information that's incorrect, they can call the county clerk's office before they head to the polls, get that information updated. So when they go to the polls, it's just in and out and really easy for them. While Jennifer is only in charge of the rules in place for elections in Washington County, I did check with Pulaski County. And they provided the same answers to all of these questions as well. Jennifer had one last thing she wanted to share. And even though this podcast is called Down Ballot, it makes sense to share this detail about the top of the ticket. 
One big thing, this was a question that was asked all day yesterday, and we continue to get questions for that, is there are 13 presidential candidates on the ballot, and they all don't fit on one page. So to view all the presidential candidates on the electronic ballot, you must select more. And so, you know, a lot of voters were kind of kind of concerned about that, you know, like, how did this happen? Why is it, that, you know, that the two main candidates aren't on the same page? And by law, we're required to do what's called a ballot draw, which, you know, determines the order in which their names appear on the ballot. A ballot draw. So in the state of Arkansas, each county is required by law to draw numbers for the candidates. For each candidate, a number is drawn indicating where on the ballot their name will be listed. Each county does this. So while Joe Biden may be the first name listed in Washington County, he's actually the fifth name listed in Benton County. So we want voters to know that if you're looking, you know, for to look at all the candidates, you've got to look at both pages on the machine and it stops you, you know, it's not like it lets you advance without looking at both pages, but we just want voters to be aware of that because that was kind of an unexpected thing. We knew it was going to happen. We knew that question would be raised and we were prepared for it. We had made postings about it, but still, you know, we want voters to be, you know, to be aware of that before they come to the polls. Back in April, I had interviewed Jennifer asking about what kind of plans the election committee was making for November. And they were planning for 70,000, 70,000 early and absentee voters. We recorded this conversation on Tuesday, October 20th, just two days into early voting in Washington County. We have over 12,000 absentee ballot requests. Yesterday we did over 6,000 early votes, which is 2,000 more than what we did in 2016. So we definitely see that level of excitement. We think we'll reach that number, you know, and so far it's been great. You know, the voters' attitude was wonderful yesterday. The lines, you know, were, were long and it was kind of cold outside and wet, but the voters waited patiently. They, you know, accepted all of our changes that we had to make because of COVID-19 to make sure that they're safe and our poll workers are safe. And so we felt overall yesterday was a really smooth day, a lot of, you know, voters showing up to vote. And so we thought it went really well. If you'd like to vote early in Washington County, check out the link in the show notes about times and locations. 